0: Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another Wednesday evening, reflecting into the life and thought of Pope Francis. Again, by life, we mean where Pope Francis is in the news, and by thought, we are engaging the document, the joy of the gospel. And once again, I do have... Bob Cross joining me, as I typically do, each and every Wednesday. So, Bob, it is great to have you another Wednesday evening.
1: Thanks, Joe. Wonderful to be here again.
0: So, Bob, we have uh, Pope Francis in the news this week. Uh, He is uh, taking a very important trip to the Holy Land, to Jerusalem.
1: Well, as, you know, the the media like to point out when they first uh, were introduced to Pope Francis. That I'm sure he's packing his own bags. Yeah, you know yeah. he's packing his <laughs> own bags and yeah. <laughs> getting them ready to go. And uh, they'll they'll make probably much ado about him driving himself to the airport or something. But mm. yeah, big trip this week, and um, sounds like he has a lot on his plate and a lot planned for that trip as well. Numerous stops throughout the Holy Land, um, and uh, many, many, many speeches. And it's going to be interesting to see how. Um, this plays out. I know there's been even some concerns about safety precautions, as there always is. It seems like when any um, dignitary travels through that region, but um, it's a pretty uh, pretty full itinerary from the looks of things. Mm-hmm. You know, for Jordan, um, the Holy Land, of course, I think he's even going to make a stop in, you know, Jerusalem, Israel. Yeah. Holy Land, yeah. Yeah,
0: some of the concerns, you know, there's been some vandalism, and some of that vandalism was uh, very uncharitable towards uh, not only our current Holy Father, Pope Francis, but just the Catholic Church. And that vandalism came from some Jewish extremists. Uh, there's a, a big banner of our Holy Father as well, hanging from the old uh, Christian Information Center that uh, received some protests. And so it was interesting. I, would, I would know I was reading one article that uh, had the chance to speak with a couple from Detroit who was there. They are members of the equestrian order of the Holy Sepulchre. So uh, they have ties, Jerusalem, and they are there, and they certainly are there to to be present to uh, our current Holy Father. And she alleviated some of the concerns. She spoke to the fact that, yeah, I mean, you have some Jewish extremists, but the but collectively there wasn't some overarching concerns from the state of Israel. In fact, you know, the Holy See and the State of Israel have a very positive relationship. So that's good to hear, and I think my brother and sister-in-law are going to be happy to hear that because uh, their daughter, my niece, uh, is is there on pilgrimage to be there with our Holy Father. So certainly, you know, there's going to be concerns. Uh, but those concerns seem to be unjustified. You know, this is more of a small extremist group that uh, generally they protest, but it's, we're not dealing with a, a terrorist cell, if you will. And I think that's important to note. And so he also had a message. I thought this was important. Bobby had a message to the 40 Days for Life in uh, the UK. He says, you bear witness to the culture of life. He said, and he, he talks about this in The Joy of the Gospel, the throwaway culture needs to be witnessed to. Uh, so some strong words. You know, some would suggest that our current Holy Father is somehow, some way pro-choice, which is silly. He has said on numerous occasions, not only is he a son of the Church, but a man who adamantly, adamantly stands for, for life from natural conception to natural death. He's not outspoken about it in the same way that uh, St. John Paul II was, nor Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. But uh, nonetheless, a man who, without shame, is going to endorse an event like 40 Days for Life. And 40 Days for Life is a 40-day period, uh, Bob, where people sign up to pray around the clock at an abortion clinic. He was encouraging them in what they were doing. Now, for all of that, as we talk about where Pope Francis is in the news, we're at that point in the document, Joy of the Gospel, where we transition from one chapter to the next, and that next chapter is how we are called to evangelize amidst the uh, crisis of um, communal failure. You know, how essentially we are called to evangelize those who are most in need with all of these new socioeconomical questions. Now, we will not have the time today to get into paragraphs 53, 54, and 55. Uh, those paragraphs may sound familiar to our listening audience, Bob, because those were the paragraphs that were highlighted by one uh, L. Rushbo, as he is called. Uh, we will kind of intro those paragraphs Uh, this chapter 2, with paragraphs 50, 51, and 52. In paragraphs 50 and 51 specifically, Bob Pope Francis takes up the importance of what he calls an evangelical discernment, a phrase that St. John Paul II liked to use. And so what is evangelical discernment? Well, according to Pope Francis, it is the need to distinguish clearly what might be a fruit of the kingdom from what runs counter to God's plan, okay? So, counter to God's kingdom. This involves not only recognizing and discerning spirit, but also, and this is decisive, Pope Francis says, choosing movements of the spirit of good and rejecting those of the spirit of evil. It is the approach of a missionary disciple, an approach nourished by the light and strength of the Holy Spirit, When we talk about evangelical discernment, I think we must first understand what we mean by using the word discernment. In its Latin, it means simply to come to understand, right? So when you use the word discernment, you are going through the process of coming to understand what it is that God is calling you to do. And in this case, he makes the point, you know, when you do that, you're juxtaposing right from wrong, vice from virtue, good from evil. You know, he's talking about spirits, rejecting those of the spirit of evil. And he makes this clear that uh, we need to be discerning. And he says evangelical discernment because it is not enough to, to just identify something as right from wrong. That's first, but out from that, do something about it, right? You just don't diagnose the problem you look at that problem and you try to do what you can to alleviate the tension uh, that is in that problem and so he says evangelical discernment so that we might better understand it is just not enough to diagnose what did he say we need to be a church that gets dirty we need to be a filled hospital we need to dirty our feet And so this is what he's after, that we discern it, we come to understand the right from wrong, where God might be calling us, how God might be calling us, and then do something about it.
1: Well, too often, you know, and we're going to get into this in a little while, I know, with even some scripture, and isn't it interesting that, you know, as we talk about Pope Francis, it always comes back to scripture, because that's what this document is all about, the joy of the gospel, Um, that you know we see things in the world that we have issue with and without the proper discernment without the Holy Spirit's influence which comes by way of what prayer yeah then we really um it's too easy to rant or to rave or to say this is right or this is wrong and then not do anything about it it doesn't mm-hmm. become enve- evangelical if it's just nothing but words yeah I mean, evangelical is a call to action um and discernment with a call to action is then not to just um you know just to sit back and notice something that you might think is wrong but to, to do something to do yeah. something about it i think that's what pope francis is doing that's why he's encouraging those right to um, i mean the 40 days for life you know folks in england he's, he notices and he looks at at uh, and sees people of action around him and um he treats that with uh, you know with approval and he's very, very um, you know, he exhorts them. Yeah. And every chance he can get, those people who he can tell are guided by the Holy Spirit.
0: And and sometimes that action is just bearing witness by being present too. It's interesting. You know, take the 40 days for life. In in some cases, people are not trained up to sidewalk counsel, and in, in some areas it's not legal, right? But if you were to just pray in front of an abortion clinic. Uh, you are evangelizing, right. Bob. I mean, just from my own personal experience, uh, it is fascinating to just pray in front of the abortion clinic here in Chico and to be greeted by some fingers. You know? yeah, isn't it great thing the waves you get? Yeah. Sometimes a
1: one-finger yeah. wave, but in the yeah. honks, they very, yeah. very loud. Um, yeah, cons- both positive
0: both yeah. positive and negative, oh, yeah, but be clear, there is something going on. Uh, And certainly our prayer when we get those uh, one-finger waves, you know, is to pray for these people. There's something going on in the heart. And so, yeah, this is what he's encouraging. Uh, So, yeah, that's an important point to make. You know, one of the aspects, Bob, as we talk about evangelical discernment that we need to be present to, of course, is poverty. And certainly this chapter starts off with all of the rhetoric that surrounds poverty. But what is there to discern? You know, uh, poverty is a bad thing, but actually no, that's not true. I mean, poverty is an ambiguous word. You know, it is one of those words that can either be negative or positive. You know, if you go into scripture, sometimes scripture itself uses uh, poverty in a more positive sense than just the negative sense. You know, the same is true of the word wealth or or riches. The meaning of the words change according to the changing points of view within the context of the sacred text. So what we are made to see is identify, I think more closely, Bob, what we mean to say when we talk about poverty. Now, what is so positive about poverty? Well, what did our Lord say in the first beatitude? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs shall be the kingdom of God. Well, what does that mean? The poor in spirit are those who long for God the same way our lungs long for air. It is that first disposition. It is that interior attitude of faith that we are called to have to respond to God's call, that we are ready and willing when he calls. But while it has its positive context, it also has certainly it's negative context. What is negative is when we fail to respond to the call to serve the poor. I mean, perhaps the greatest sin committed against the poor is indifference. What Jesus condemned in the rich man who feasted, even more than his unbridled luxury, was his heart heartedness his insensitivity, his indifference to the poor man Lazarus lying at his gate. It is to say, uh, with one Father Cantilamesa, the pontifical preacher, I love this line. He says, the poor must get under our skin. We must notice the poor. To notice means our eyes are suddenly opened. Our conscience wakes up with a start, and we begin to see something that was there before, but only we didn't see it. We must have a conversion of mind and attitude toward the poor. You know, Bob, there is a valuable uh, scripture passage that comes to us from Luke 10. Why don't you go ahead and read that passage, and then we'll just kind of reflect upon that and bring it back into the context of
1: the joy of the gospel. Luke 10, verses 25 through 37 reads, And behold, a lawyer stood up to him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, "What is written in the law? How do you read?" And he answered, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself." And he said to him, "You have answered right. Do this, and you will live." But he, desiring to justify himself to Jesus, "And who is my neighbor?" Jesus replied. and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? He said, The one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. So
0: again, Bob, what do you have going on here? Our Lord saying there is something more dangerous than a a rich man living in his luxurious home. It is when that rich man becomes indifferent. Why? Because he just passes by the man in need? Yes, but in doing so, he also passes by Jesus Christ. This is all hinged on the two great commandments, Bob, which I think is quintessential to this whole discussion. We can say we love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then, yes, Lord, I will love neighbor as myself. But if we don't enter into what that actually means, if it doesn't transform us, if it doesn't grip us, if it doesn't affect us, then what are we really saying? We're just giving our Lord lip service. And that is a bad thing to do, Bob. And this is something we are all challenged with. Say what you mean, and and mean what you say, right?
1: Right. And as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, evangelical discernment, as our Holy Father is putting it, is you know through prayer, discernment through prayer, through um, you know actually evaluating, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. And the only way to do that is through prayer. And and Pope Francis, again, is very, very consistent, as we say, as I say every week. It just strikes me how each week, depending on what's on the news or where we're at with the um, Evangelii Gaudium, you know, the, the document that we're, we're studying, that you know, so much just comes right back to how, um, how his message is always the same. Be joyful. Be rejoice at the, at the truth and the wonder of the gospel of the way that Christ taught us to actually go about our lives.
0: Yeah, and and as you talk about this, Bob, it really is worth noting the importance of the Holy Spirit, because it is in light of a living relationship with God in the Holy Spirit that that first commandment of loving God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength comes to life. I mean, the Holy Spirit is that life-giving force, that life-giving energy, That animates all that we do and that sends us forth, that charges us forth. Then and only then will we begin to see what it means to love our neighbor and identify our neighbor for who uh, they really are, the person that you don't know. Again, this brings us back to what Pope Francis is saying. You know, he is saying we need to discern, we need to evangelize in such a way that we are able to identify where we should be going. Don't just think that we, that we should go over here because this is where everyone's going. And over here could be social media. It could be a retreat. It could be some uh, gathering downtown. Ask God where he wants you to go. Ask God what he wants you to do. He's going to use the concreteness and particularity of your gift. That Bob is very different than my gift. So why would we end up in the same place? Maybe, maybe not. We will not know if we do not discern, right? And that's really the crux of these opening paragraphs. So as we talk about this need to evangelize with this uh, discerning evangelization, Bob, we talk about it within the context of of poverty for a reason, because this certainly is what lies at the heart of our current Holy Father. And while in paragraph 52 he talks about that, he expands the vision of poverty to to so much more. Why we have arrived at this place that we've arrived at. And when he says here in paragraph 52, We have to remember that the majority of our contemporaries are barely living from day to day, with dire consequences. A number of diseases are spreading. The hearts of many people are gripped by fear and desperation, Even in the so called rich countries, the joy of living frequently fades, lack of respect for others and violence are on the rise, and inequality is increasingly evident. It is a struggle to live, and often to live with precious dignity. This epic change has been set in motion by the enormous qualitative, quantitative, rapid, and cumulative advances occurring in the scientists and in technology and by their instant application in different areas of nature and of life. We are in an age of knowledge and information which has led to new and often anonymous kinds of power. What is our Holy Father saying here, Bob? In this paragraph, he's talking about essentially cause and effect. He is saying that there's been a a self-absorption, He is saying that we are so concerned about advancing as human beings, we have forgot what it means to be fundamentally human. We are so concerned about saying as a society, let us progress in technology, that we have forgotten what it means to progress in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Diseases are spreading. The hearts of many people are gripped by fear and desperation the joy of living frequently fades. Listen to these words. He is calling us out to rekindle that sense of no longer living in anonymity, but thrusting ourselves into the life of a community and evangelizing those who need to be evangelized, which, by the way, Bob, is first ourselves that we must not get caught up in this age of technology, that we need to take a step back and not be so concerned with the bar that secular culture is setting and be more concerned with the humility that Jesus Christ desires from us each and every day. You know, St. John Paul II, right before he died, wrote a letter entitled rapid development and in that letter he called us to evangelize those who are having an impact on people music drama artists journalists evangelize the modern areopagus if you're to go into the book of acts acts chapter 17 we read of paul evangelizing the cultural center we know we need to find every cultural center in every town and start there. Allow Christ to first evangelize our hearts and out from that living relationship with Jesus Christ, evangelize those who are lost.
1: Well, you know, and like in that gospel verse, um the the unique order here, it's not unique, but you see it consistently, a common thread through all the gospels that it starts with love of God, love of neighbor. And who's third and last? Love of self. Yeah. Not that we shouldn't love ourselves and what we're all about. You have to start with God, which leads to love of neighbor, then comes back around and creates peace and creates um, you know, opportunity for ourselves to be a part of that evangelical process. And um, you know, when you think about the advancements, and, and as Pope Francis is talking about you know technology and um, you know, the applications in different areas for nature and life, and the cumulative advances, he puts it. I mean, we um, with those things have the ability and a, a sense of of of, of uh, outreach that we've never had in the past. Yes, one individual, you yes. know, with this threaded with Facebook with social media, can affect lots of people more than we could ever imagine. Yeah. and and. Our our Holy Father is is letting us know that we do matter, that we can make a difference with these advancements.
0: Yeah. I was struck by, you know, by the grace of God, go you and I on this, Bob. I was struck by, um, you know, that whole Google Analytics feed. Uh, (laughs) As we've been talking about, as it relates to our website, you can kind of see who's listening to what, that um, because of iTunes, uh, this radio program is reaching Brazil, that there's listeners in Brazil, and you're like, what the heck? Why is Brazil listening? And it's not to highlight this program as much as just generally the power of social media to advance the gospel, the power of radio to reach people that you would not ordinarily reach. It's to remember radio itself, that the first proclamation on radio was the gospel, the good news. I mean, that was the first thing heard on the airwaves was the message of Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, we have been given a means to reach so many people, whether it be, as you note, Facebook, Twitter, and, and all the rest. You know, Bob, as we are talking about the need to utilize social media to evangelize, maybe we can wrap up our program tonight with a point I, I was hoping to get to. And that's this need in our evangelical discernment to be acutely aware of what it is that we are saying, and how it is that we are saying it, and whether or not we should be saying it at all. You know, there are, there are times where we go to Facebook, there are times where we go to Twitter, and there are times where we text, and we don't think critically about what we are about to say. And the thing about social media is, once it's out there, it's out there. There's no taking it back. And what can happen is in that Facebook message, in that tweet, in that text, we can impede God working in the life of someone. Sometimes, if not all the times, less is more. Be discerning when you evangelize? Is what I'm about to say going to hurt my relationship with this person? Is what I'm about to say going to advance our relationship in Jesus Christ? You know, Bob, every conversation, every dialogue is caught up in that listen-response dynamic. And one of the things that can easily happen in social media is that we forget we do not have the fullness of presence and therefore we do not have that capacity to fully listen right we don't have inflection tone body language things that are part of that listen response dynamic and so with that inability to listen we have to be careful that in our engagements on social media that we don't get sloppy and what I mean by sloppy is simply the absence of discernment if we do not discern how we are called to engage on social media then we are going to lack clarity we must remember that social media while it be vitally important is not the fullness of presence the incarnation dwelt among us for a reason, that we might have that flesh presence. The Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith for a reason. The physical presence of Jesus Christ is necessary. So when we engage our brothers and sisters in Christ and our evangelization, be discerning and always be mindful that while social media satisfies certain aspects of new evangelization, we must always shoot for the fullness of presence in our evangelization, that more real personal encounter. With that, Bob, let us close in prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.
1: You've been listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. If you have questions or feedback, you may email Joe at jholljmj at yahoo.com. For a copy of today's program, visit joeholcraft.org or call KKXX during regular business hours at 894-7325. Thanks for listening to the Seeds of Truth on KKXX.